Hello, everybody, and welcome to Partner Buzz, the AWS partner-focused podcast here in Australia and Aotearoa, New Zealand. My name is Richard Wilmot, and in addition to being your host, I'm a partner management solutions architect here in Sydney. Partner Buzz is a podcast series for technical and business leaders within our AWS partner network community throughout the ANZ region. And we'll be taking a deep dive into a wide range of topics to better inform and we hope also entertain our community as we build together for our joint AWS customers. Joining me in today's episode is Dean Lawrence, AWS Security Partner Lead for APJ and Reese Evans, Head of Security Solutions Architecture for ANZ. And our topic for today, just in case I guess haven't given it away, is all about security. Dean, Reese, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Great. Richard. Let's uh, start with you, Reese. Um, I know that you've mentioned to me previously that you look after the, the customer side of the shared responsibility model. Um, I think that's a really great way to describe what you do. Let's unpack that for a bit. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> spend all my time with customers and partners. Mm-hmm. The, the focus is ensuring that we are helping everyone build responsibly on their side of shared responsibility. Yeah. So, as you may be aware, and our partners might be aware, we have the line of shared responsibility. Mm-hmm. It does move a little bit depending on the services, yeah. but there's a lot we do on your behalf, everything from our networks, power, data centers, availability of our services, and then the things you do on top of AWS. Mm-hmm. I like to describe our function in that way that we're here for our customers, we're here for our partners, and we'll focus focused on what they should be doing to build good, secure workloads on top of our platform. And I think the key point you make is that although we have the AWS side of the shared responsibility model, on the customer side, you're not alone. We've got folks like yourself, your team, Dean, actually helping you build to stay safe, stay secure on AWS. Oh, absolutely. I, I think of um, you know the great people we have working in our sales org, our partner org, they're all extensions of good security mm-hmm. outcomes. And then on top of that, and a key part of you know what my team does and working very closely with Dean and with all the partner team is helping our partners do the right stuff for our customers. Even if they don't think they're security, they're doing security and we'll dive into that. Awesome. Yeah, that's something which we really need to get into a bit later. I think that's a really important point. And Dean, um, as, as partner security lead across uh, APJ, um, talk us through a bit about what your, what your key roles are there. Yeah, sure. So, uh, Richard, we work with three key types of partners, Um, security technology partners, so what Mm -hmm. we call our ISVs, um, our security consultancy partners, and and then our managed security service providers as well. Right. And what we do is, is as an extension of Reese's team, as he mentioned, helping our partners help our customers in the customer portion of shared responsibility, helping them architect, helping them design, helping them deliver, helping them manage securely an AWS environment on behalf or or alongside of a customer, really helping those customers, helping those partners, sorry, make educated decisions in security deployments and security architecture, et cetera, as they deliver those workloads with our customers. And I think coming back to why partners, I think partners are our scaling function. Um, you know, Reese has got fantastic teams, offer some really good advisory capability, but ultimately our partners are the ones embedded with our customers, hands-on keyboards every day, actually delivering those outcomes too, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. So, th- so there's the whole delivery aspect, right? Yeah. Our, our customers are always challenged to find the right people, the right amount of people to retain those people. And our, our partners obviously uh, pick up some of that slack, right, with, with dedicated expertise, which we help them validate mm. uh, as part of our programs in the partner network. Um, the other side of that is AWS has a, a very broad set of tooling, both in the security domain and obviously outside of that, yeah. uh, that help our customers uh, above the line in, in their mm-hmm. shared responsibility. But there's a number of technology partners that integrate really nicely across that ecosystem of tooling, uh, which help our customers be more secure. So, uh, 
Sorry. Sorry, I was going to say a good example of that might be there's a lot of telemetry sources which yeah. you can uh, ingest into into platforms like uh, security information and event management scene platforms mm. where AWS tooling then powers a third party to then you know automate actions on the back end, for example. So there's that whole ecosystem play around that too. I think it's a really good point to to drill into. And when our technology or ISV partners um, are, are part of the security mix, outcomes are generally better, aren't they? And I think there's sometimes within the partners I work with, sometimes there can be some misconception around the fact that, you know, to do it right, you've got to only use AWS services. And, and that's really not, not true, is it, Reese? Not in the slightest. We offer, we think, a great set of services. We're constantly innovating on behalf of our customers. Um, but there are great opportunities for our partners to be a good portion of building mm. ISVs on top of us, for our consultancies to build specific solutions that meet use cases. Um, and we work across all of them because our customers, they span every industry, mm. they span regions. We can't meet everyone everywhere. And our partners have that additional context to help those customers really get to the nitty gritty of what they need to do. Mm. Um, and they're a really great extension of everything we do. So I think they, they add a lot of value and they really make sure they're supporting the customers for those right outcomes where they need them to be. Because ultimately our consulting partners working working with customers actually implementing solutions are in the right place at the right time, aren't they, Dean? Yeah, absolutely. And we need them to be, right? We, we need them to help a customer as they dip an initial toe in an AWS workload, as they migrate application one or heavily regulated application mm. seven, 72, right? Yeah. Um, we need them to be alongside of them for that journey, making sure that the first foundation that they help the customer establish meets best practice mm -hmm. all the way through to how do I operationalize the tool set? How do I make sure that on a daily basis, my 24 by 7 SOC is running to uh, a, a cloud best practice instant yep. response program? Nice. And I think the really important point to note there is um, with with folks like with folks like like Reese, we we actually get a very clear idea of what our customer key concerns are because you work very closely with our customers. So, what are some of those key themes that you're seeing as being top of mind, both for AWS but also our our customers as they're mm. moving onto onto cloud? We've been on a journey to ensure that everyone does the basics right. Yeah, and it's a really interesting story. We we work with some of our internal security teams. Um, you know, things like our customer incident response team, which is available to our partners and customers for free. If you have mm. an incident, call us. We'll help you get out of trouble. And we looked at all the different types of things that occur, and we said, you know what? Actually, there's a couple of about ten things. Right. If everyone did a lot of the problems would go away. Mm -hmm. Things like MFA on root, making sure all yeah. your user identities are actually using good multi-factor authentication. Don't put things on the internet that don't need to be. Mm. Don't ac uh, create identity and access keys. You know, Do these really basic things well. And when we started that journey, we spoke to some customers and partners and we thought, oh, it might be a bit basic. And it really resonated with everyone from the regulated entities to the smaller customers that if we did these kind of 10 things really well, yeah. we'd be in a lot better shape. Mm -hmm. And this isn't really advanced stuff yet. I think the really good thing about that is we've spoken to our security partners as they've gotten on board, but we've been on a journey to work with those partners that aren't security partners to say, hey, if you're getting started and you're helping customers, if you did these 10 things, it's not going to cost you anything, but you're going to build trust, mm. right? You're going to help get a really good outcome with that customer, and you're going to go back and back and back and back again with them and have a long-term relationship, and that's really good for your business. Because fundamentally, I think security is... It, 
it is our most important priority. And I think our expectation at AWS the, is that uh, it becomes our, our partner's most important priority too, as they deliver for our, for our joint customers. Isn't that the case, Dean? Yeah, look, we, we obviously like to say that security is job zero, right? Security yeah. should come first or before before the first thing that uh, that happens as part of a, a deployment. And I think the way to look at it from a partner's perspective is we do a lot of the heavy lifting for our customers in terms of helping them make the right choices for partners to help them establish security within an AWS mm-hmm. environment. And we do that via our competency programs, right? So our, our security competency goes very deep into the, the nuts and, and bolts of what should a partner be delivering for a customer to adhere to best practice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's on the security side. We then also have our managed security service provider um, competency as well for our um, operations partners, mm-hmm. if let's call them that. Um, and I think the, the way to look at that from a partner is if you're a migrations partner today, if you're a, 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 a data partner, for example, the security competency is a way to really help you differentiate yourself. Yeah. To your point, security needs to come along the journey no matter what the workload is. Mm-hmm. If it's data, we need to talk about data protection. Yeah. How is that data protected and encrypted at rest, in motion, etc.? If it's a migration, what's the foundations underneath that migration which make my workload secure, leveraging MFA on route? You know, if it's a mm-hmm. regulated workload, what do I need to take into consideration? So from a partner's perspective, my encouraging conversation to them would be if you are not a security competency partner today or if you're not a managed one exactly right if you if you carry a competency or proficiency in another area you should also look at uh, security because of the trust factor it helps you Mm -hmm. earn as you look to engage more customers and your existing customer base and also as we said it's that it's that foundational capability it doesn't have to be hard and i think this is the key this is the key point and i think um you also touch on that operational piece as well. So you've, you've got that foundational security aspect, which is a very key theme. Get the basics right, because that'll dramatically improve your outcomes. Um, talk to us a bit more about that operational security, Reese, uh, as, a, as a second theme. Yeah, and again, this goes back to some of the basics. Don't log in as root. You don't yeah. need it. You store that credential in a safe, you put MFA on it, somewhere safe, set an alert, never yeah. use it again, right? Um, making sure you have roles set up in your Amazon environment mm-hmm. so you don't have a DevOps or administrator role that's got access to everything. Slim those roles down. Mm. Use accounts as good, strong boundaries between workloads for protection. These are the types of things we want more of those partners that aren't security focused to think about as they start adopting. We do see a trend where they're early adopting um, very much a data center style version yeah. of the Amazon environment. You know, one account, one VPC, everything goes in there. Mm-hmm. And that's not great. Cloud as data center doesn't really work for a number of reasons, security being a very key part of that. You're just not making use of the benefit of the cloud. Yeah. The automation, the scale, the pay-per-use, all these great things mm. that you can then on-sell to your customers and work with. And they're the next things you want to start getting those partners thinking a little bit more about. Then we can move on to things like security services, our ISV services. But we haven't even touched things like mm. SOC, incident response, yeah. all that more deeper security portfolio. These are things that um, help our customers. And to be honest, and on that, you know, every partner's customer is thinking and talking about security. Mm. So if you're not there talking to your customers about security today, someone else is. Yeah. And yeah. you should be there at the table helping them to understand how you're helping them be more secure. Absolutely. I think this also comes back to a, a critical point about um, the, the view, especially of some of our partners that, that might be earlier on the cloud journey, but have a great deal of experience in traditional environments, mm. where I think the, the security model um, that served them very well in traditional environments doesn't actually work too well on cloud because I think security used to be a network thing. Mm. And yep. and now I think part of the 
part of the clear difference of security on clouds that it's everywhere. Take us through that a bit, Maurice. It's it's a it's a really great example. You're right. The, the previous data centers were focused around edge protection. Mm-hmm. We take a lot about the eggshell, where you've got this really hard outer edge and a very soft inside, that squishy deliciousness. Which once you're in, right? That's, that's once it. I'm in, lateral movement's super easy. Lateral mm-hmm. movement's the ability to move between between hosts and workloads. Cloud. You know, we, we when we spoke to our early adopting customers, um, especially in the regulated and more secure industries, they were like, "Well, we have a firewall. How do we make that firewall mm-hmm. work and wrap?" around all our workloads. This is where we started to see very, very complex network architectures in AWS that, that just seem to route all the traffic through a single single point of failure almost. Yeah. So it becomes less resilient too. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. we've been on a journey to work and help with them and with our partners who have built the firewalls to make sure they've got next generation mm-hmm. products that are cloud native um, and they can work with our customers. What we have seen you know, more recently is those customers who started with this very, I'd say not the best approach, have started mm-hmm. to unpick that and go, no, we're at a point of trust of cloud security that we're happy for that to go away. The edge is no longer the edge in this mm-hmm. harder shell. We understand how to operate workloads. We're comfortable we've got the operations in place. We know what to do if something goes wrong. We can start to get rid of all that and we're very comfortable to move forward with just using the right stuff as mm-hmm. Amazon says so. Pretty much that comes back, that whole defense and depth argument. And I think with the with a renewed understanding around zero trust, for example, as a model, there's a lot of acceptance of that in the, in the market already today, isn't there? Oh, absolutely. But it, I mean, it, it does go beyond that. We, we, we speak to our customers and partners all the time about a few different issues in, in the zero trust landscape. One I want to bring up, um, everything we do now is backed by Nitro. Mm-hmm. Nitro is our custom chipset. It's part of a hypervisor. Um, we had an audit recently that we no longer have access to any of our consoles anywhere. Mm-hmm. Our Nitro-backed instances, no one can log into. So just uh, let's let's put a pin in that and, and rewind and go in a little bit more, more depth on that. Mm. That that's a far bigger deal than it sounds like when, when you just mentioned it like that. T- tell us why that is so critically important to a customer. We, as the operator of the cloud, we internally think of customer data as kryptonite. Yep. No one wants to be near it. Mm-hmm. We build policies, we build firewalls, we build shielding to ensure we can never see customer data without explicit approval. We also have a huge amount of internal policies and processes and training that all of us have been through a number of times to ensure that we know that we shouldn't be doing that. Absolutely. When we look at policy, though, that's a human who is reading something and going through a process. Yeah. How do we technologically, how do we at the core of what we do ensure that there is no operator access? No mm-hmm. one can, this, this idea people may have had that you can walk into a data center and plug something in. Nitro, which is, again, part of our stack, and there's some great articles on it, we've, we've been externally validated that we just can't simply log in and do that. Mm-hmm. We can't log into a rack. We can't see customer data. There's no way that you could ever log into a customer's host, mm-hmm. and there's no one anyone could ever do that anywhere. And that's a really important key foundation of trust mm-hmm. for our customers and partners that what we're doing means that their customers can build the most secure workloads on top of us. And that external attestation is is critical because it isn't just us saying it. That's right. We we wanted someone third party coming in and saying, no, we validated it all. And that's really important. Which is fantastic. And I think that's a really powerful message which our partners need to be able to communicate to customers too. Isn't that right, Dean? Yeah, absolutely. I think... um External attestation is is important and partners can leverage like our customers, mm. the attestation that we've done under the hood against a myriad of, of frameworks, right? PCI, whatever whatever that might be. Um, it's working. And I, I think to pick up the point that Reese is talking around, he talked a lot around people and process there and not yeah. necessarily technology, even though you know, all three are important. Mm. But the people and process really, I think, is where our, our partners <clears throat> can help our customers really uplift their security posture in the mm. cloud. 
bringing the people to the table or educating the people that might exist internally within a customer and then setting the right policies, procedures, and then looking at cloud native tooling, be that third party or- actually or implement that. Exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, you know, creating that triangle and, and partners um, uh, fulfilling that triangle with our customers is really important and a, and a role that they can play. And it's critically important as well as having, bring people on the journey. Because otherwise, you know, we're all, we're all familiar with you know, the fact that you're going to be implementing security um, through automation very much the way that your, your organization structured. So actually understanding your organization needs to be secure by default yep. in order for your architecture on AWS to be secure by default. Yep. I think um, Reese made a really good point yesterday when we were talking about secure by default. And I think sometimes we can feel security is hard, so we shy away from it and we think we'll do it later. But you just can't do that in cloud, can you? You, sh- you definitely shouldn't, I think, is my <laughs> response always. Um, I think the basics aren't hard. Yeah. They're really great As easy you conversations. Said, it's ten, ten things you just- Ten simple things. Have you patched things? We can, we can mm. talk about them more. But I think for all partners and for everyone out there, they should be thinking about how can they use that to build trust with their customer? Don't shy away. This is not the hairy side of uh, bad actors and threat actors and all that type of great stuff. This is really just fundamentally, how am I ensuring hygienically customers are doing the right stuff, right? Help them with policy and process, as Dean mm. pointed out. A lot of customers may not know when they start on the cloud, you don't log in with a root account. As a partner, hey, you can help them level up their skills and knowledge. Mm. You can give them education. You can help ensure that their organization is set up for success with that people and process side. And that's a gap that partners really play well. Fantastic. I think automation is one that's probably severely untapped both in the customer and the and the partner network, right? I think a classic example is something like an S3 bucket. By default, secure policy says that that bucket is closed. Mm-hmm. There are use cases where a customer might open that up either correctly or incorrectly. Yep. Um, a partner coming in and having that conversation around just at an S3 estate, right? Mm. What are your buckets? What is the data contained within those buckets? And where does public access, where is it turned on, either correctly or incorrectly? And having that conversation around data protection and just making the customer aware of some of the mm. uh, decisions they've made above the line in customer shared responsibility and the potential implications of those. And then turning on automation. There, there is tens of ways, probably mm. probably too many. Uh, there are a number <laughs> of ways in, uh, yes. in S3 to automate an, yeah. an automatic closure of a bucket that's been incorrectly opened, mm. right? There is no reason for a customer not to turn that on, yeah. in my opinion. Fantastic. And you touched on something in- interesting, which I think is, is important to note. Our partners are already making these implicit security decisions anyway. We don't have to be scared about security because ultimately – Every time you, you, you're building an AWS, you, you're already making a security decision anyway, aren't you, Reese? If you choose to use a single account, you've made a security decision. Yeah. You said, that's my trust boundary. That's what mm-hmm. my customer needs. If you don't turn on systems manager to make sure your hosts are getting patch management or do a third-party tool, you've made a security decision. Mm-hmm. Whether you know it or not, every day you look at Amazon, you work with those products and technologies, you're making a decision about the security of your customer and the estate. And you should own it. You should figure yeah. out how you're doing the right thing for your customers. And this is really where security, we we do talk about shifting left all the time. And <clears> I think on cloud, it becomes super clear because those, those what might be considered architectural decisions 
are fundamentally security decisions first too, aren't they? Absolutely. Mm. One thing we talk about a lot internally and we've been on a journey to tell our customers about is security should be optimistic. We have a little logo. Yeah. I should I should grab you some stickers for the podcast you know, next stickers time. Stickers are good. We love stickers. Um, Call the Optimism Otter. <laughs> yes. And we talk in security about wanting to be the team of, yes, we want to help people. Come and speak to us. We want to wear bright T-shirts and colors and not be the team of the black hoodie people. The perception security yeah, is security as a department the team of no, no and they're yeah. going to sit in the corner, right? We're very careful. And my function is very careful. We're on the floor with the SAs. We mm. go see customers. We want to be there being visible and bright to say, hey, like, talk to us. We'll help mm. you get the right outcome. It's not that hard. And also, once you've got security, foundational security built into your architectures, your teams can run significantly faster because they've got those guardrails, right? Haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, it's an enablement. It's an enablement conversation, yeah. not a blocker conversation. I think that's the fundamental cultural shift that some of our customers struggle with, mm. and something that our, our partners should be doing more of. I think is is having that conversation around what is the objectives of your of your business, short term, medium term, yeah. long term, and how do we help you set the right guardrails, set the right basics in place, and some of the more advanced stuff as well to enable your business to go and release that application mm. to production, for example. So it's. It's not even the guardrails. It's actually an accelerator for partners. Correct, because yeah. ultimately, if, if you're secure, you can run faster. You can actually service your customers better yep. and more effectively. Absolutely. Nice. I think that's a really great way of putting it. And I think the the key takeaway I'm pulling out from Reese is, is that really our partners are already making security decisions. Going back to your point earlier, Dean, about making sure that if you've got the migration competency, you need to be looking at that, that security competency as well. Because if you're making these decisions anyway, you may as well be good at it. Because that is really our customers' expectations, isn't it, Reese? Absolutely. And it's it's a great way to differentiate yourself in the market. Our security partners are, are fantastic. They are really well sought after by our customers. It's a great way to level up your business and to integrate it everywhere. It gives you that um, ability to sell with confidence to your customers and gain mm. their trust. Mm. Fabulous. So, I think... We've covered a lot of the why. Let's let's talk through some of those, those what's. You mentioned those 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 top top ten foundational elements that we can think about. What are some of the other things that our partners can start thinking about doing right now to to be more secure, to bring that security focus into everything they do today? Do you think? Uh, for me, firstly, have a conversation with the customer. Yeah. When we talk about um, you know culture of security, we talk about the fact that it shouldn't be something at the end of the process. So mm. don't go through and think about a migration, design it, do the architecture, and then and go then at the, the end. Oh, I better get the security folks. Oh, on I better it. speak to someone from the security team. And I think for our partners, we do work with them a lot, even if they do have the security competency to say, hey, intermingle a bit more in, mm. in amongst yourself and make sure you're working really well internally. So so bringing that to one of the first conversations you have, yep. one of the first design meetings and planning meetings with the customer really important. Security is the key concern because you don't just have a security team. Security is everyone's responsibility. Now. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's back to that cultural aspect, mm. that ensuring that it, from a partner side of things or a customer side of things, if you're the CEO, you're one of the leaders there, talk about security. Yeah. Bring it up more. Don't make it a conversation in the corner or that, that's my director of security. They'll, they'll, they'll bring they'll, up that conversation. That's okay. We can ignore it because that's what's not true. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you own security as a leader of your business. Mm. Um, our customers, their CEOs, they understand they own security. Yep, there's someone dedicated to that function, but that doesn't absolve them from mm. the responsibility of making sure that everyone is secure and everyone's thinking about it. So really, very early on, engagement, leaders speaking about it, nice. understanding what you're responsible for. Again, shift left. Yeah, we we talk around three core motions with partners as we look to help them build their security practices, mm. uh, assess, implement, and manage effectively. Yeah. Uh, an, an assessment, you know, a good assessment might be something like a well-architected assessment, which Rich, you and I have talked to at length, uh, at length of the years. Go well-architected, everyone needs one all the time. <laughs> uh, but it could be a data, a data assessment, right? Yeah. Or, a, or a machine learning assessment, or, you know, what are the security implications of 
workload X that I'm trying to do. Yeah. Um, having having an offering from a partner to to help a customer do that is is absolutely paramount. And it also then lends itself to other work, right? We've assessed it. We found these gaps. Guess what? We can help you remediate mm-hmm. those gaps. That's the implementation angle. Whether it's a, a brand new workload that we're architecting to best practice for you, ensuring that the guardrails are set up, or whether we're remediating what we found in the assess phase. And then the last one is how do we help you manage it? Yeah. What, either we're an MSSP or we can set you up to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. How do we help you operationalize your cloud security environment? And that, in my opinion, is something that our customers consistently struggle with. And also, I think, going back to having eyes for your technology partners in the mix, when the security um, challenge or the security domain gets out of that foundational element, there are these great partners who've got the solutions that can handle the hot stuff. Yep. So, you, so you're absolutely not alone. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and all three of those motions lend themselves to an ecosystem of partners, right? Yeah. In, in the assess phase, it may be something like cloud security posture management, um, something like um, data classification. Uh, in the implementation phase, it could be anything from a, a network conversation all the way through to an endpoint detection and response. Uh, and then obviously, there's a myriad of tools like SEAM and SOAR and yeah. acronym 345 <laughs> that can help uh, customers in the managed phase. But, yeah. Yeah. but also, I think a key point you, um, you also speak to me about a lot of, is actually partners need to be educating themselves and i think being comfortable having that conversation is the is the familiarity with the the language the nomenclature that our customers speak in and making sure we understand what their challenges are yeah, 100%. Um, look, we set a high bar in the security competency by design. Mm. We want our partners hand on heart to go into our customers and have the right conversations and to deliver the right level of value that we would expect a customer to come out with once they're operating within the cloud. As part of that, there are certain you know steps that a, a partner needs to take, like certification, for yeah. example. They need to hold a certain number of security specialty certifications. So a partner going through that process of educating themselves against AWS security best practice, and look, we can help with that directly. We mm-hmm. can go and have those one-to-one, one-to-many conversations. Um, that is absolutely paramount in the first step on the journey, I think. That's amazing. Um, folks, I think that's pretty much all we've got time for. Um, really, thank you very much for joining us on Partner Buzz. It's been a pleasure having a having conversation with you both. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Richard. Appreciate it. Excellent. And for me, thanks very much for joining us for this episode of Partner Buzz. We look forward to seeing you in our next episode. <laughs>